Hello, everyone. Grace and peace to you all from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is Thursday, June 4th, and this is Pastor Kevin Cook sitting in for Pastor Dave Lomas. This week we are discussing the topic of emotionally healthy spirituality, but what we're doing is we're actually looking at this through the lens of race. And right now, we are in what feels like such a heavy and dark moment in our country. And in that dark moment, a lot of us are experiencing a wide range of emotions. And a lot of this is coming out of what we've experienced and the injustice that we've, injustices that we have witnessed in George Floyd's killing, not to mention the recent killings of Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor. And by the way, this is all happening in the middle of a global pandemic. Like, what is going on? Um, and so, needless to say, this is certainly an unprecedented time in our world right now. And so I want to start by asking a question, like, what do we do with all this stuff? How do we process all this stuff, the, the emotions that are being stirred, the frustration, the anxiety, the uncertainty, the sorrow, the guilt, the shame, the anger, all of these wide range of emotions that we feel, like, how do we process it all? And more importantly, like, what do we do with it all? Now, these are, these are the heavy weights that we were not designed to carry in this life. And this is, this, this is the hard work of our souls. Well, today, I want to talk about this tension and how we balance lament and action. And in our very short time together, I want to explore three questions. I want to explore what is lament? Why is it so hard? Like, what is difficult about lament? And what is our call to action? Like, what do we do with it? Last night, we held a special evening of lament. This was a service where as a church we made space to all sit in this moment and mourn together and we grieve what's happening in this country right now and we sat in this moment and we lamented and so what is lament well in his book um prophetic lament sun chan ra describes lament as prayers of petition rising out of need but lament is not simply a presentation of a list of complaints, nor merely the expression of sadness over diff difficult circumstances. And he, he goes on to say, lament in the Bible is a liturgical response to the reality of suffering and engages God in the context of pain and trouble. The hope of lament is that God would respond to human suffering that is wholeheartedly communicated through lament. And he ends with saying, Lament recognizes the struggle of life and cries out for justice against existing injustices. So again, this is the heavy lifting of our souls. It's not comfortable work. Now, I don't know anyone on this planet that likes to sit in the discomfort of pain, of sorrow, of anxiety, of anger, depression, helplessness, or whatever complex emotion it is. Facing the truth of what's going on inside of you, the things that only you can see and feel, is very, very hard work. But even in those places, God is present. And God weeps with us in those spaces. Now, personally, in my own life in this season, I've been reflecting on Psalm 4-4, where it says, In your anger, do not sin. When you are on your bids, search your hearts and be silent. 
So as I've been examining my thoughts and my emotions, my frustrations, my sorrow, and sometimes even my anger, I'm reminded to sit in silence and reflect on what is going on inside my soul. And it's crazy because I'm always blessed by how God makes room for all of our emotions, all of it. But of course, you know, this does come with a warning. So part of my prayer at times is that God would give me a righteous anger, an anger that would not lead to sin. Because there's a real tension between lament and action. And sometimes it's the tension that creates paralysis. Some of us, we don't know what to do, while others of us, we may spring right into action. And it comes out of this deep desire to do something, to do anything. But then that something may or may not quite scratch the itch. It feels like maybe we could be doing more. Our hearts want to do more. Or some of us have been at this work for quite some time. And we get tired and fatigued and exhausted because, again, this is really heavy lifting of our souls. You know, in yesterday's podcast on grief and loss, our very own Jess Grzeski, can never pronounce her name right, um, she did a really, really great job well, with the podcast. And she talked about how grief is something that we experience and feel and lament is the action or response towards God. And so our action actually begins at lament. It's in lament that our action starts with crying out to God. So coming out of lament, where, where do we go from there? Well, yesterday I sat down with Adrian Chu and Eugene Kim. Um, they are members of our church community and a part of the race and belonging uh, cohort. And they shared seven guiding principles to help us as a church as we continue to wrestle together with all of the difficult things happening in our world. And so what I want to do is I want to share these seven principles with you. Now, I do have a quick disclaimer about this. I just want to acknowledge that we are all, we're not all in the same place when it comes to lamenting in action. We're not necessarily all in the same place when it comes to conversations about race. So some of these principles may resonate with you, and they may resonate with where you are, while others may not. And I just want to say to that that that's totally okay, because regardless of where we are, I'm really confident that we will all walk away with something. So here they are, seven guiding principles to balancing lament and action. Principle number one, meditate and pray. Prayer must be the foundation to these guiding principles. Prayer and meditation, this is, these are the things that help keep us like on track. They help keep things in perspective for us. Prayer and meditation is what holds space for all of our emotions. And so action begins with lament. And that leads to principle number two. Listen. Now, this season that we're in right now, this is a season for listening. This is a season for having learning conversations. There's something in this season for all of us to learn. But to learn, we have to talk less and listen more. Now, if this is a relatively new space for you, and if, if you're not a person of color, meaning if, if conversations about race or racism or justice feels new, 
I want to acknowledge how overwhelming it can feel. Maybe you've had thoughts about the topic, but never really expressed them. Um, you know, I want to acknowledge that these conversations can be very difficult. Sometimes, actually, a lot of times, we just don't know what to say. You know, and that too is okay. Because again, I want to encourage you to listen. Maybe this comes up in conversations with friends, particularly your friends of color. You know, look for opportunities to listen. There are many things being talked about around what's going on in our country and our world right now. Try to listen well. Do your best to have an open heart and a, and a posture of learning. And it's also important to note that everyone, every single person, whether you're a person of color or not, everyone processes differently. Some people are more internal processors around these topics. I personally kind of fall into this camp. Um, I process a lot more internally before words come out of my mouth. Um, and some people are external processors. But whatever the case is, I just want to encourage all of us to look for opportunities to listen to one another. And then now is the perfect time for that. Now this leads me to um, principle number three, which is practice self-awareness. Now, if you've been compelled by all of the things that you've been experiencing in the media and you're springing into action, I wanna encourage you to pause and examine your motives. Ask yourself the question, why am I jumping into action? Where is the compulsion coming from? Am I trying to solve lament or grief? Or am I like reacting out of guilt or shame or sorrow or depression? Again, look back to Psalms, Psalm 4.4. When you are on your bid, search your heart. and Be silent. Ask God, because it may not be time to jump into action yet. There may be some work in you that he wants to do to make you more ready for action. So fully examine your motives. Also, feelings of shame, guilt, sorrow, or grief... These feelings may be a reflection that more time of lamenting is needed. So try to be self-aware. Now, principle number four is seek wisdom. Some of us can feel overwhelmed, and I mean in a positive way, meaning that we want to do all the things. And if that's you, I bless that fire and that passion that's in you. And you may need or want someone to come alongside you and help direct your enthusiasm, your passion, your energy. There are a lot of people in our church community who have been doing justice work for some time. And whether that be as a full-time vocational job or in their spare time volunteering and serving, in any case, whatever the case is, I encourage you to seek someone out, maybe even someone from our race and belonging cohort. Ask around. And when you find someone, have a conversation about your passions. Ask for their wisdom and their guidance about things. Now, once you've identified your goal, I want, you to, want to encourage you to stay laser-focused on it. Have a righteously stubborn, stubborn commitment to it. Now, this will help you through the hard times of difficult conversations, hearing, reading, seeing injustice, the ugliness of seeing complicity, etc., 
And in your, if you find yourself in a place of discouragement, that will lead me to sharing principle, guiding principle number five, and that is do not be deterred. Don't be deterred. I've mentioned a lot about the heavy lifting that this is, the heavy work that's, that this is, and I do want to encourage you not to be deterred because um, even though the topic is definitely heavy, it is not impossible. It is not beyond what we can do together because Jesus said himself that he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And that means that the work of the church, the gates of hell will not prevail against the work of the church as well. Now, this means that we have to know that we are partnering with one another and we are partnering with God in this space. Our job is to be faithful. Our job is to show up. Our job is to do what we can and leave the rest up to the Holy Spirit. And when we show up, we're showing up as God's tools for God's work. I really don't want us to underestimate the power of our faithful presence in this space. Now, guiding principle number six, pace yourself. You know that saying, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint? Well, this definitely applies here. Paul is talk, talks about, uh, Paul talks about running the race to win the prize. Well, winning the prize requires pacing. Now, here are some areas in particular where you may need to pace yourself. For example, with serving, know what you need and when you need it. You know, after engaging in the justice space, maybe serving or volunteering at some capacity for a season, evaluate what you need periodically. Do you need a break? Is your soul feeling despair or fatigue? These are important things to consider. A break may be needed in that space as well. Or maybe it's something entirely different. Maybe it's a you've experienced a frustrating conversation around this topic and you need to temporarily put the conversation down for a bit. Like, did a conversation really go in a poor direction and leave you angry and frustrated? You've got to pace yourself. We have to pace ourselves. Give, give ourselves space and rest when we need it. Now, this leads me to the last guiding principle, principle seven, and that's grace. We all need grace. This conversation needs grace. Change, real change requires grace. So let's ask God for grace. Give yourself grace. and Let's pray for guidance. Now, some of you have listened to this point and you're like, yeah, 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 Kevin, give me, I want to know the actions that, what can I do right now today? So for those of you, um, who have that passion again i bless that passion that's that's a beautiful thing and if you're looking for things that can be done immediately right after this podcast is finished i want to end our time with more suggestions from our race and belonging cohort here's a list of places where you can go from here reading recommendations if you are new to this conversation or space there are three books that we would love for you to consider first book is color of compromise by jamar tisby Second book is Prophetic Lament by Soong Chan Ra. And the third book is Right Color, Wrong Culture by our dear friend Brian Loritz. These are great resources to learn more about race and injustice in this country. Another thing you can do is consider giving your time and creativity by volunteering at a local organization 
um, that's grounded in combating injustices and inequities. Now, these include organizations like our local ministry partners here in San Francisco. And um, to find out who those are, there's a complete list uh, on our website. But another thing that you can do today is you can offer financial support. There are national and local organizations on the ground combating injustices and inequities. Organizations like Equal Justice Initiative or the Vera Institute. So I encourage you to go look these, these organizations up. Another um, action that you can take today is engage in a discussion with someone about the topic, about a topic that you don't understand or you would like to understand better in the area of race. Now, this particular one leads me to my last suggestion, which is reach out to someone on our race and belonging cohort team who can provide other places or other ways to get involved or other guidance. Now, I would encourage you, um, before you engage in a conversation with someone about race, um, maybe share that with someone from the race, race and belonging cohort. Talk about the things that you're, you're hoping to find out, and they can give you um, some tips and um, just practical advice on how to engage in these conversations um, because they do require a, um, some sensitivity and um, yeah we would love to, to, to help equip you for uh, those conversations and so um, we have a, a, an amazing team of folks who are passionate about the space of social justice and I just really encourage you to reach out to them for guidance or any questions that you might have in the space. And now you can do that by emailing Jess uh, Grzezetsky and her email is jessica at realitysf.com. So church, I wanna encourage you to keep pressing in, keep going, keep up this important work. As hard as it feels and as difficult, difficult as it may seem these days, God is doing some amazing things in us in this season. I want to leave you with Psalm 48:14 which says, "For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to the end." Blessings, peace, and grace to you all. Mm-hmm.